Hello, and welcome to the Cuss Running Podcast. I'm super stoked. Crystal Irwin is an awesome, accomplished runner, ultra runner, trail runner, endurance athlete, crossfitter, and now paddler. Top of that, she's a mom and a badass grandma. That's insane. Crystal, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be talking to you. I met Crystal, shared several miles together at the Yeti 100. Just it was a brilliant, like joyous personality. So I was like stoked to get to know you better. It was so much fun following you for the first out and back. But it was funny that we listened to the same podcast mm-hmm. as we were running that first little segment. What was Adventure It was Jogger. the newest Adventure Jogger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. we were like, had both just caught it. And, <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. Yes. And we just talked nonstop. And then, yeah. And I was so bummed whenever you had to drop out because I was so <laughs> looking forward to more miles with you. I know. I know. It was so fun. Like, it was so fun. I didn't even tell you what happened, but like, I had been trying to reach my wife and I didn't see her. You knew this. Like she kept yeah. like not catching me and I was going out too fast. Apparently is what had happened. And then like, I called her once I finally hit that aid station where you finally get cell service. And like, we both just started crying. <laughs> like what is happening? And like, we're both so worried about each other for the, like, I'm thinking she got run off a road, which someone did the next year. Right. Like I was thinking that and she was so worried about me. And I was like, our like emotions were so up. I was like, this has been fun. It's rainy. I got to go, you know, but I'm, I, you know, I was glad to get to know you. That was one of like the highlights of the whole thing. So yeah. Crystal, I want you to give me like kind of your recap of like how you got into the endurance sports world. I never, I, I was never athletic growing up. I didn't do anything athletic. I didn't know anything about nutrition, none of that. And after I got sober and I got sober in prison. So after prison, I started, um, you know, doing the recovery thing and I gained so much weight. And then it was like, oh, no, we have to change this. A friend of mine kind of got me to join a gym. And then, you know, I I bit the bug and I went to the gym for a while. And that's after um, I had a personal trainer and he quit. And I was just like, oh, what do I do now? And a friend of mine who was going to the gym with me started like checking in on Facebook at this CrossFit place. And I never heard of CrossFit. I was like, oh, no, is this a new addiction? She was like, yep join me. So I did. And of course I drank that Kool-Aid. The first time I like ran a mile was in CrossFit. And I remember hating it so much. Like I was thinking if I just threw myself out in front of a car, this could all be (laughs) over. I mean, I hated it that much. And, um, you know, I never wanted to run again, but, um, and then I got injured on CrossFit. (laughs) because I don't know how to rein it in. And then I started doing powerlifting. Powerlifting, um, I started doing meets and I had to make weight. So I started running then to make weight, you know, lose a few pounds and that kind of thing, which I slowly started to find some enjoyment of it. (laughs) And uh, Slowly. slowly, but I was doing it all alone. And I lived out in the country with nothing but hills and so like there would be days when I would like drive down the road past the hills to get to a little flat section. <laughs> and, you know, I had to switch it up because I had like one, two ways out and back this way, out and back that way. And that was basically all I had and the only place I knew where to run. But it wasn't until November of 2017, I went to uh, like an all low depression my friend molly she was like why don't you join us um you know a bunch of us get together and run 
Tuesdays and Thursdays. Just join us. I'm like, I can't run nonstop with you guys. She was like, we don't run nonstop. It's okay. So I joined her and, and that was, I mean, the end of, I loved running. (laughs) I loved running with people. I, I found the love of it. And all those people were like, you know, always training for half marathons. And I thought I was so cool because I was this half marathon group. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then I started running um, and did my first half marathon. I thought it was so cool. And, and then I heard somebody say, yeah, I ran that race too, but I did it untrained. And I was like, I'm not as badass as I thought I was. <laughs> You're like, wait, I'm so tough. Yeah. I'm a half marathoner. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, you know, so I, I started, um, I found this other podcast during that time and it was called lift heavy run long. Mm-hmm. And, and I was lifting heavy and, um, and I was hearing about these like normal everyday folks, like going out and running a 50 K or 50 mile. And I was like, oh my God, I could do that. Started training and I signed up for Tunnel Hill 50 mile. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah down in Illinois. Yeah. And, I, and then I started signing up for, you know, training races. And I, I did my first 50K training for that. And it was just like, you know, after I hit that milestone of a 50K, I was like, well, what else can I do? Like, I can do this. And I did another 50K before um, Tunnel Hill. And then I did Tunnel Hill. And I just felt like I was on top of the world. And, you know, I was just hooked. And, you know, people would ask me, like, what's next? Are you going to do 100 miles? And not that I was like, had it in my head that, yes, I'm going to do one. I was like, never say never. Yeah. I don't know what's next. And so that's wanna, where it started. I'm going to go back to this training technique of driving past the hill and <laughs> running the flat. I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you just run, you yeah. just drive past it, park on yeah. the other side and you're all set. I love that technique. Yeah. I love it so yeah. much. Could you ever dream, like obviously in your previous life, this kind of health world and endurance space was not for you. Did you ever even think you'd be able to physically achieve what you've achieved at this point? No, I mean, just anything physical was just not in my mindset or on my radar. But again, like when I say this was before I was sober, I was living, you know, drunk and high 24 seven. I wasn't drawing a sober breath. I didn't have a life. I was unemployable. You know, my friends were like the low of the low. Mm-hmm. kind of friends and so me having a life I, I didn't have a house I lived out of my car most days oh wow so I mean it was like it, me thinking I should go out for a run was never in my mind yeah wasn't even yeah. in your headspace so no. I mean you've been around I mean I know at least in the trail and ultra running community it draws a lot of former addicts what would you say the yeah. reason is behind that even for just for um, you you can't speak for everybody no um for me I think um finding a new healthy addiction, because I think it is, you know, finding that thing that makes you feel good for me, you know, it's like the type two fun. It it, it doesn't always feel good in the moment. Mm. It always feels good when it's over with. And, um, you know, getting that, you know, just like, I want more of that or, um, you know, how many more miles could I go? It was just like, I want a little more and I want a little more and I want a little more. And that was how you know, I started off with my drinking and my using, you know, it's like, well, if two drinks are good, six is better, you know, or whatever. <laughs> if one if ultra one marathon goes, is good. Yeah. 10, 10 is so, better, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. um, and it's, 
You know, it's always seeing about how much better can this get where um, addiction and alcoholism didn't get better. Mm -hmm. It it got worse. And I was always chasing that high like it used to be. Whereas now I feel like, you know, my running and my endurance, it gets better. And it's really cool to see it grow. Whereas there was nothing but a dead end with the drugs and alcohol. And I think um, as far as ultra runners, we just know how to suffer. (laughs) We're good at suffering. We're good at suffering. That's what my wife always says. She's always like, Allie just really likes to suffer. Yeah. That's why she does it. You know? Yeah, Yeah. I absolutely agree. And part of it, I mean, is... I think that thing of like, okay, I can suffer this much. I can accomplish this much. And like the confidence it gives you in every other aspect of your life. Right. You get it. You get it. Okay. So then how did you get into the paddling world? Because that's newer, right? Yeah, that is newer. Um, Well, I was, I was finishing up a run here, not too far from my house, um, a trail run. And actually I'll, I'll begin before we did that run. Um, it's a, a state park and we was waiting for the gates to open and we have like, you know, we organize this run, we have a line of cars and I was parked behind this, this guy that had 50 K stickers and, you know, marathon stickers. And then over on the other side of his truck, he had a 340. And I was like, wow, that's long distance. <laughs> and, um, anyway, we go into the park, we do the run. And after I'm done with my run. I'm running around the parking lot and the guy in the truck is sitting in his truck and he rolls down his window and he hollers at me like, you've got garmonitis trying to round up your mileage. <laughs> and, and I was like, yep. And so I, I started talking to him and I, was, I asked him about the 340 sticker and he was like, well, that's the MR340. That's how far I paddled. I was mm-hmm. like, what? That's not running. You paddled that. And I was just like so impressed. And he like took one look at me and he still tells people, you know, I could tell she was a paddler just the way, you know, she was built or whatever. And, you know, ultra runners, they do make good paddlers. So then he wanted to run a hundred miler. And so he started picking my brain. Yeah. So he started picking my brain and, um, and I was at Prairie Spirit with my friend, Jill. I was crewing and pacing her and he ran his first hundred mile there and he didn't have anybody. So whenever I would crew or whatever it was, um, and she would run along, I would hold back and like wait on him and like oh, crew so him. Sweet of you. And I, I, I was, well, heck, I felt like I was partly responsible. Yeah. You were to blame. And, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I, I helped him, you know, along his way. And, um, you know, and then he was like, well, why don't you paddle now? Because um, then it was starting to warm up. He got me out on the water and he was, he had like all kinds of paddle boards. He had a surf ski, which is um, a really narrow, like kind of like a sit on top. Um, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. And um, I started trying out his boats and I really liked it. And when I first got sober, I bought two short, fat kayaks. And I remember I used to love going down the river and I'd paddle fast and I'd like get gassed out and I'd paddle fast and I'd get gassed out. And, you know, my friends were like, why are you going so fast? It's like fun. <laughs> and, and then I was like, oh yeah, I remember I like to go fast in the boat. And now here's a boat that is fast. I remember hearing people talk about the longer the boat, the faster, the straighter it goes. And I was like, this is cool. And, um, so 
um, I started practicing with the local paddlers we have a lake here and they do like wednesday night races started trying it out and i had lots of fun and um there was uh the the mr340 was last year he did it his first year so the first year he did it in his surski last year he did it in on a paddleboard oh wow and then yeah and yeah he came in third i think Mm -hmm. he did really well uh, and then after that, he got me, we found a race. It was a run paddle run in Oklahoma. It was run one mile, paddle three, run another mile. He came in second and I came in first. Oh, wow. And, oh my gosh. That's amazing. I, yeah. And I mean, I was not the fastest runner, but we had the fastest boats. So we was first to make it back and, you know, and we ran really fast miles after that. Crazy. But it was like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm okay at this. And I just, you know, I, I bit the bug there too. <laughs> um, and then, so and you then, went and did a multi-day event, right? Well, there was still one more race that I did last year. It was a 20 miler that me and him did together in the tandem boat that I raced this year. We won that race too. And oh so gosh, I- Crushing it just, so quickly. I, Jeez. <laughs> I-, I Yeah, I really fell in love. And the paddling community is just as encouraging and pulls you in like the ultra community. So that's kind of how I got into it there. And then, (laughs) you know, for me, I never really had the thought of I want to do the 340 until, um, you know, I thought, well, let me crew, because, you know, the paddlers have ground crew. Let me ground crew it first and see how everything works first. It's just smart to crew first before yeah, you yeah, race. Yeah, you learn so much. You know, yeah. It was January of this year. He started telling me, you know, you've got plenty of time to train. Just sign up. <laughs> and he was like, whenever I first signed up for my first 340, he said, you know, I had seven months to train and I did it. And I was like, oh my gosh, here I go. Good old peer and pressure. That's when I, I, I signed up for the 340 and then I started practicing. Yeah, we. Uh, I did two more races before the 340 that we came in third on. And it's just been a lot of fun. How does the, so, so obviously the train defers because you're in a boat versus running, but is like the training schedule kind of similar where you try to get in like a longer paddle or am I just applying the wrong thing here? No, we do. And we slowly build up mileage. And our longest paddle was a 50 mile race. That was the our last longest paddle I think we did. Um, but just time in the boat, like time on feet is a lot of what you need. A lot of them will do cross training. Some people will paddle every day, but I was still like running races. And so I was also running and juggling. I was doing two a days a lot My with goodness. running, but I mean, there was a lot of days I was really tired and really hungry, <laughs> <laughs> but My running never felt so good as whenever I was paddling at the same time. I was using, you know, two different body parts. I always felt good on my runs when I was paddling, still do. So I found it was a really good. Yeah, I I can see that because like the core work that you're doing for the paddling is only going to be beneficial and make you a stronger runner at the end of the day. And then, I mean, I'm sure you're using your legs for like stability, but you're not wearing them out the same way running. And the same thing with your arms. You're not like using your shoulders. 
while you're running. I yeah. bur- no. My shoulders are burning just hearing about the distance that you're doing <laughs> running. I'm sitting here like, I want to start giving myself a massage. I'm like, oh gosh, I feel like that would ache so much. Yeah. So my only experience of paddling is we have a kayak borrowed from Elaine's brother-in-law and we've kayaked the Chicago River, which is literally like the most disgusting thing to kayak yeah. in the world. We kayaked one time and there was just like an unopened can just like bobbing along and then like a ramen packet. It's yeah. just so gross. So that's like my only experience with paddling. So I'm sure you're paddling much somewhere much more cleaner than I am. So then you did the event, you DNF the event after 140 miles. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. We uh we we held first place pretty much that whole time. And I think we got so excited about that place that it was really hard to slow down. I mean, we were passing. So the solo paddlers, they start an hour ahead of anybody else. Like there's um, tandem boats, there's three to five man crews, there's, um, you know, a dragon boat, which is like 15 people and or whatever the number is. Um, And so we started an hour later than the solos. And I mean, we passed. So many people and um, like everybody that I knew that was racing, we passed. It was so weird. They told us that it was um, going to get cold at night, even though it was 90 degrees during the daytime. And it, it was, it was just a weird, yeah. it's a weird occurrence. A, so we were in first place and, and it got cold and like on the water, you pretty much have to have this mindset of it's 20 degrees colder on the water mm-hmm. rather than, you know, running you dress 20 degrees hotter right right yeah when you run well it's the opposite on the water and so if we get down to like like 70 and when we should have put a coat on we didn't we thought we could get it at the next ramp and the ramps were like 30 miles you know between oh, ramps wow. yeah so like in an ultra it's like main station would be five miles apart well these ramps were 30 miles a lot of racers don't stop at every ramp but it was our first race both me and my partner it was our first race and we just got way too cold and the wind and when you're paddling it's just nothing but paddle splash it's like raining all the time on you plus the cold and the wind I mean we were shaking like almost hypothermic and it was really hard to uh just keep going I had a lot of shoulder and elbow stuff that started the flare up and I was at this mindset of I don't know if I should keep going because this kind of stuff is going to injure like hinder my work life Mm -hmm. and I I just didn't know I was like stuck between a rock and a hard place it was really hard to warm up I took a nap you know we kind of reassessed things and you know in hindsight I kind of wish I would have went on I mean we had enough time to hang out at that ramp all freaking day and then keep paddling. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I didn't think that way. It was just like, it's now or never. And I just like, nope, cannot do it. I couldn't fathom doing another 30 miles to the next ramp because it's not like you can just turn around and say, nope, I'm not going to do this anymore because you're going downstream. Yeah, once you make a decision, it's a 30 mile decision. Yeah, but, um, you know, I know like now, how I'm going to do it next time or I'm already going to do it next year. I was about I to ask. Got- so you're already signed up for next year then because yeah. we got to get that redemption going. <laughs> I, yes. 
I am going for redemption. I'm not signed up yet, but I'm definitely planning on doing it. So you got that one. That's going to be our big goal. Do you have anything coming up in the running world that you're going to be chasing next year? Training for um, a 50K right now. And um, so I, I ran, after all my races, I ran my first road marathon this year. Oh, how did it go? <laughs> um, well, it didn't go as well as I wanted it to <laughs> because it was, I mean, the road and it was a rebel race. The road came through just, it was, you know, it's like switchbacks on roads. And it, oh, wow. it felt like I, I might as well have been running on a NASCAR track. <laughs> just my ankles were sideways and my feet and it hurt so bad. At, I slowed down so much at the end. It, it didn't, didn't matter that it was down. I love downhills. Yeah, it, it went horrible. Um, but road marathons are brutal. I still myself have never done a road marathon. <laughs> I did a road half marathon and I was like, I'm good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm fine yeah. here. I mean, I, I would much rather run 100 miles any day. <laughs> the, the road marathon absolutely hurt so bad. And it also didn't help that we were out all night from a concert the night before, and we had to catch a bus at 3.30. Oh, yeah. The starting helpful. line. Yeah. But whatever. It was a lot of fun, and um, except for the paint part, but whatever. So this 50K is on... Um, you know, rails, trails. Yep. And I just had this goal of uh, PRing my 50K time, which isn't super fast to, I think, other runners. Um, normal runners. <laughs> I love the quotation marks. I'm, other runners. I'm, I'm, Who are these people? Yeah, Who are they? I, I don't know. But it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's fast. It would be a PR for me if, if I could do anything around a 620. Okay. Um, I think you could do that. You could definitely do that. I hope so. Yeah. So when is that race? Um, that is uh, September 10th. Okay. So a Kansas. solid fall race. Yeah. Me and my boyfriend are, we are training and um, currently working on doing an ultra in every state right now, you know, at least 50K and longer. And I have a couple more states um, than he does, but he's already done all 50 states on the road marathon. I was about to ask four. if he was a marathon maniac. Yep. Yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> We've decided um, to do ultras now and I haven't been to all the states. So it's kind of exciting. That's really so exciting. I love that. So this next one is in Kansas. Got you. Okay. So in the, like the endurance world, what's like the, the dream race, whether it's a big paddling race or trail race, what's the big, like, if I could ever do this race, that would be like a giant thing. You know, I'm not really out there. Like, I mean, I do want to finish the 340. Yeah. And yeah. right right now it's not about where I place because a lot of my friends that I paddle with win they they win lots of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm really kind of in good bad company <laughs> with my <laughs> paddling friends. Running races, I'm not really out there going, ooh, I wanna run this or I wanna run that. I mean, I would rather on our fifty states challenge we're not really considering like races. Like we've done rim to rim to rim twice and we've counted Arizona for that. Absolutely. Um, like I would like to hit 50K sections in every state along the Appalachian Trail. Oh, that would be amazing. That's what I would like. I would like to hit, you know, parts of the continental divide. Um, and diff I just want to go and see different things and in different states get a big section of it and see it that way. 
I don't, I, it doesn't necessarily have to be a race, but you know, if it is good, um, there's a race in Massachusetts in October that I'd really like to go just because my friend's the RD, you know, I'd like to go and support his race. It doesn't necessarily have to be a race. I, I would really like to, to see some trails out there that, you know, races may not be on. So. Yeah, absolutely. I love that it's more of just about the experience and the miles. Yeah. But it is about yeah. getting the medal. And I, right. I love that yeah. philosophy yeah. for sure. So yeah. you've also directed a race, right? Or did I make that up in my head? No, um, I, I did put on a race. It was called the One More 24 race. And it was a 24-hour race on a 0.5-mile track nice. um, in the field next door to our YMCA. And it was really to benefit a local sober living place here in town that was called One More 24. And it's kind of like, you know, 24 hours at a time kind of thing. But also in the running world, we, you know, do the 24 hour races. And it was kind of a come and go to, you know, whatever mileage you want. I wanted to pull in, you know, people from the recovery world to start running for runners to maybe get some exposure to recovery. Um, Because we have a lot of beer runners in our town. And well, that sounds like super fun. It's not what I do. But, um, you know, one of my friends did get sober around that time. You know, I would like to think it's maybe because of that race. But that's amazing. um, I love that you bring that up because, I mean, I'm not a drinker at all. And I know that, you know, drinking is such a big part of the running community and ultra running and having them at group runs and afterwards, but also with the knowledge that like such a big base is also addicts. Do yeah. you think that there's education that could be brought into the community that makes it be like, don't necessarily, this doesn't have to be the biggest part of this because some people are coming to it from a place of recovery. Or do you think it's that own person's own personal responsibility and journey? I think it's everybody's own personal journey because if I could drink and get away with it and not, you know, black out or go to prison, I totally would be there drinking with everybody else, but that's not how I drink. You know, I'm not a social drinker. (laughs) And um, I mean, I think, you know, if you can, go ahead. But if it's causing you problems and you cannot stop, that's where I like to come in and be like, there is another way. Yeah, I love that. How have you been able to bring any people from recovery kind of into the ultra running space and have it help them the way it helped you? Um, yes, uh, there is, um, two, two guys that, um, I was going to meetings with that ran their first 50 K at the same race. I ran my second hundred mile or what, and that was super fun, you know, getting the train with those guys and, and just see them succeed in that way. And, and really hear them say, you know, it's just another type of suffering that, we are really good at. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> it was, um, yeah. And it's been really cool to, to watch those guys just take on their own journey of running and recovery. And give you any idea how many people you've converted to ultra runners at this point? Cause I mean, it sounds like, I mean, you were converted by specific people in your life. Can you not be like, Oh yeah, I definitely converted these people. I have been an enabler. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. A very spreading the gospel. Enabler. Yes. So you've been to a lot of events across the board. Is there anything that you'd like to see be done differently in the running community, ultra running community, endurance sports community? I don't know. I think a lot of what I think is 
really cool that is happening is um, like Jason Green is doing mm-hmm. it, like just really including equal number of women or making it inclusive to everyone. The 50K that I'm running in Kansas, it's being put on by Iron Will and it's called the Iron Will 100. William Sprouse, who is like, he was doing 100 milers like almost every weekend or just very oh. frequently. And, um, and he had a stroke, you know, and he really wanted to get back to his hundred mile running and it's been really difficult for him. And he had so many DNFs, you know, he runs with a stroller sometimes, but it's been really cool to watch him, you know, finally be able to run hundred milers again. Granted, it's usually over 30 hours and it's all on the flatter courses. But that's why he's putting his runner, his race on for other people who may not be able to run the traditional, um, you know, 30 hour cutoff. You know, it's more generous for people who can't or maybe just want to try a longer time cutoff or whatever. I think that's really cool that, you know, it maybe pulls in more people that are like, well, maybe I could do that if I have that much time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. absolutely. And I think it's really cool to see people achieve things that they probably never thought they would. You know, the people that don't typically look like your runners, like either they're overweight or they're older or whatever the case. And I think that's more inspiring than seeing someone run a super fast hundred mile. I, I like the underdogs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, our favorite is the back of the pack and, you know, the last yeah. hour of any event. Yes. I mean, if you're not hanging out for the last hour of an event to see the people that spend yeah. the most time on course who truly gritted yeah. it out, then you're missing like an amazing example of the human spirit. Like that's the best yeah. time every time. I love it so much. I mean, it's literally why I host races is just to see that final hour at yeah. this point. Like I love my fast people. They're great. They're brilliant. Love their achievements. But oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that last mm-hmm. hour of any races, that's really cool that they're you know, he decided to host an event just based on his own needs and what he was like yeah. experiencing, having been an experienced hundred miler and then having that event happen. And then be like, there's not a space here. And I know that's a big growing discussion is athletes yeah. with disabilities and bringing in that mm-hmm. kind of inclusion into the industry. I love it so much. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah. I don't know about that. Right? Iron Mill 100. Crystal, thank you so much for coming on. You're so welcome. stoked. Thank you for sharing. You're amazing. You're inspiring. I follow all your stuff. Keep it up. I may go um, paddle now because you're making it seem really cool. So you should totally uh, <laughs> drink it and do it on, you know, days that you don't run or whatever. It's just good to be out in nature and especially on these really hot days. Like the the heat is so much different on the water. Yeah. It's nice and cool. And I just love it. And I want to tell you congratulations on that cute baby. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I will send you a super yeah. exclusive picture. After this podcast, you'll get like a bonus (laughs) episode of the baby. All right, Crystal, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you. You have an amazing day. Oh, you too. Thanks so much. Bye.